And do you know the reason why we do series like this and the reason why we do topics like this is that we believe that, that God is relevant to the 21st century. And these issues and these challenges that we're looking at over these, over these weeks are not things that we're talking at you about, but they're things that we're struggling with too. And things that we need to have an opinion on and need to work with and need to journey with. And this issue of hypocrisy is no different. Is no different. And I don't know how you feel when you see some of the newspaper headlines that we get regularly nowadays. And um, the Harvey Weinstein story really touched me. Do you know Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, he's the film producer. He produced such great films as Shakespeare in Love, Goodwill Hunting, The King's Speech. And this is the thing that got me. He received the Los Angeles Press Truth Teller Award for his example of integrity and social responsibility, while at the same time, dozens of women were coming forward to accuse him over his behaviour. Do you remember the whole media frenzy about that? And the people that started to come out and speaking out against his behaviour, he got a Truth Teller Award. This is people who seem one way and then actually live another, and that's what we call hypocrisy, isn't it? People who seem one way and then live another. And I think the preoccupation of living in a 21st century culture, it seems to be all about really appearance and cover-up, doesn't it? You know, we've gotten so good at covering up and spin and focusing on our appearance and how we, how we portray ourselves. How can we really truly tell what someone is like at their core? You know, people seem to want a good reputation, don't they? But just don't want the good reality to go with it. And then when we turn and look at people of faith, when we turn and look at the, at the Christian church, um, of all the accusations that are made, you know, whether it's our view of a certain issue or that we're unloving or that we're judgmental, the one thing that really seems to come to the fore is this, isn't it? Christians, you're all hypocrites. You're a bunch of hypocrites. You don't practice what you preach. You don't live out what you say you're going to live out. And there's one thing really clear this morning. Something that Jesus would undo is this behavior that he despised. And I use that word deliberately. He despised with all of his heart. Jesus would undo hypocrisy. Those who claim one thing but then live another way. So we're going to go on a bit of an uncomfortable journey this morning. And please join me on it. Otherwise, it's going to be really uncomfortable for me. Because it's no fun to talk about. Because it's not easy to see in my life, but it's very easy to see in yours. So um, we're going to talk about that this morning, if that's okay. And I think, um, I, I sort of wondered, why does hypocrisy get us emotionally in a really kind of different way, I think, than a lot of other topics. Why does it really seem to cut right to the heart of us and affect us? And I found this um, book by a woman called Cicela LeBoc, and she's a psychologist, and she wrote this book called Lying. And in it, she poses this thought, okay? This, she did this thought experiment. I'm going to read it to you. And she said this, Can you imagine a society, no matter how ideal in other respects, where words and gestures could never be counted on? Imagine if you lived in a world where you couldn't rely on anything that anyone else told you that all of the information you were given was worthless. She says you couldn't live in a world like that. You wouldn't be able to eat, drink or function without truth telling. And a big line is this, society is impossible. You can't have relationship without truth. Society is impossible. You can't have relationship without truth. And I think that's why it gets to us, you know. 
That's why hypocrisy seems to really cut us to the core and brings out a really strong emotional response because we can't have relationship without truth. So what is hypocrisy then? Well, hypocrisy originated in the Greek language and it's a theatrical term and it's the word hypocrites and it's all to do with actors. And actors in those days would play multiple roles in the same production by disguising their faces by wearing a whole series of masks. And because all actors in those days were male, they had to play female roles as well as male ones. And from the moment that mask was put on, that actor would immerse himself, immerse himself in that whole persona. His conduct on that stage reflected the role he was playing. And over the years, it's evolved into a phrase that you all will have heard, that face two-faced. And I bet we've all said it, or we've all heard it, or maybe it's even been said to you. Oh, she's two-faced, she is. It's putting on a show. It's going through life as if you're on a stage wearing a mask. You're playing a part, but it's not your true identity. It's not your true identity. And and a Christian preacher called Greg Rochelle, he said this about hypocrisy. He said, hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. It's the difference between what we say and how we live. It's the difference between our public persona and our private character. So if you're sitting here this morning, you would say, yes, Jane, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. This is me wanting to look good on the outside, but on the inside, I'm very far from God. You see, I want the illusion of public virtue, but inwardly I've got a few private vices rattling around on the inside that you will never see. You will never see because I will never show them to you. And so why are we talking about hypocrisy? Why is Jesus so passionate about addressing this issue? I think it's because he knew that thousands of years later we'd be reading a quote like this from a guy called Brennan Manning. It's going to come up on the screen and he said this, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. You see, Jesus wants to undo the show. Jesus wants to pull off the mask. And the sad truth is that it's very real pain for people when they've been disappointed by the behaviours and actions of those who claim to follow Jesus. And I would even suggest that that could be true of you this morning. You could have looked up to somebody spiritually and seen them living their life or professing to live a life of following Jesus, but they said one thing and they did completely something else. And that may even be the very thing that thinks, do you know what, I'm not going to even look at this Christian like I'm not even going to investigate whether God is real, because do you know what, it's all hypocritical, isn't it? You never follow through. Do you know what, I'm hoping by the time we leave this building that you'll have a chance to think again. Because Jesus hated when people from the outside would show one thing, but from the inside, there was something very different. Have you ever really wanted to say something to somebody? Do you know what? You've seen something and it's been building up and building up and building up. And it's like, oh, if only I had the guts or or the bravery or the courage to tell you what I really think about you. And is it just me? Come on. Doesn't it? You get to a point where you just think, oh... If only I had the opportunity. If only, I, if only I could have actually said to you what, what I really think about what you're doing and saying. Do you know what? Jesus did that. Jesus did that. 
There's a whole passage in the Bible in Matthew 23 when he has a full-on rant. That's all I can describe it as. It's a full-on rant. I don't think he must have drew breath. He just went on and on and on. And these people that he was speaking to really got it. And it's found in Matthew 23. And the theologians call it the passage of seven woes. And the reason why it's called that, because in this, in this rant, he calls the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of the day, um, hypocrites seven times, fools twice, blind guides five times, serpents and a brood of vipers. And then he even said to them, you don't make people better, you make them worse. I'm just going to read a couple of verses to you from Matthew 23. And it says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. That's the seat of authority. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. And if you want to read that when you go home, there's another 27 verses of Jesus ranting on about how terrible they are and, what, and how their actions and their behaviours are affecting the people that they're trying to lead. They're hypocrites. And I think Jesus said all of that stuff to those people because he knew the damage that their actions and attitudes would cause. You see, they made it all about themselves. They wanted people to admire them. They wanted people to see them doing the right things in the right places with the right people. But in reality, they were acting. They were wearing masks. And Jesus knew exactly how damaging hypocrisy could be. And before we think, actually, do you know what? That's thousands of years ago, Jane. What about social media? What about social media? 21st century hypocrisy. Why is it? Because I can tell you all day long what I want you to see instead of what in reality I really am. When did it become... okay or or not okay sorry when did it become not okay for me to show you who I, who I really am when did it, when did it actually become into my psyche that actually I needed to show you more than what I am to pretend I'm something I'm not to make myself more acceptable to you to make myself more lovable for you to make myself more um included included by you when does that seep into us as a society? If you look at children, they don't do that, do they? They tell you exactly how they're feeling. Zach is going to tell you exactly how he's feeling. I was at a football game yesterday. With, uh, I was watching my nephew play for his, um, his football team, and um, FC Northern, and um, the six- and seven-year-olds. And this will be you, Zach, with your little villa kit on. I'm going to buy him an Albion baby grow, Hannah, I'm telling you now. He needs to be, he needs to be taught in the way he should go. Come on. And I'm standing there and with my brother, and it's very quickly how they become your team, isn't it? 
And, uh, and I forgot that six and seven year, year olds don't do offside. And I was going, come out, come out. These little six are just looking at me. But um, a dad d- brought his son out to the sidelines, Declan, little Declan. He must have been this high. And he went, Declan, you've got 10 minutes to show me something, son. 10 minutes to show me something. Everton will never sign you if you don't show me something. Literally, this kid is six years old. And then they had a penalty. And because the one kid wasn't allowed to take it, he just dropped to his knees and was bawling his eyes out. And he sat there for the whole game in the centre circle. Wouldn't move. They were playing round him. And I'm thinking, thinking to myself, there's no hypocrisy in that, is there? But there's some truth in that, you know. When did we unlearn that? That we can't be real about how we're feeling, what our life is like, how we're being treated. When did we start to cover up? When did we start to appear one way when actually the reality is something completely different? But you know what? There's hope for the hypocrite. There's absolute hope for the hypocrite. So I want to explain something to you about that hope this morning about how people can view Christians. Well, let's say how people can view me. I'm a Christian. Okay, I've been a Christian for quite a long time. Um, And I sort of live in this weird kind of tension between, depending on how you look at that tension, it can either be I'm a hypocrite or I'm not yet perfect. I'm a hypocrite or I'm not yet perfect. You see, the Bible says that as a Christian, we're on this journey We're in this process. And the Bible terms it this, being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. That's the journey and process we're on. And that comes by having a faith in him. Okay, it sounds pretty simple so far. This means like that I am more like Jesus Christ today than when I first gave my heart to him or when I first got saved. You might have heard that phrase, when I got saved. But the reality is I could still be a million miles away. But I'm not who I was. I'm not who I was. So at any given moment, depending on how you're looking at me, depending what lens you're using, depending what your view is, um, you could see me at some level of hypocrisy or some level of perfection. You're looking at me with your mouth hanging open, like I've just done Einstein's theory of relativity or something. It's let me explain to you what I mean, okay? So if you're a Christian this morning, you might look at me And I may do something that's a little inconsistent with what I say with my mouth, okay? I do something a little inconsistent. And you might say, okay, I might not agree with what Jane has done, or I might not agree with what Jane has said, but it's okay because Jesus is growing in her. She's on a journey. She's in a process. She's just not where I would like her to be. And do you know what? I have to agree with you. I'm probably not where I want to be either. I'm not happy with that inconsistency. But acknowledge it. Okay? But if you're maybe not a Christian this morning, or you wouldn't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, you would look at that that inconsistency, and you might be a little bit more cynical. And you would say, look at you, Jane, what a hypocrite. Now, if you say that you don't follow Jesus this morning, do you know what? This is great news for you. This is great news for you because Life Centre will be a great place for you to be. It would be a home. And why would that be a home? Because the good news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of having a relationship with God is that I don't have to live under the weight of trying to be perfect to have a right relationship with God and neither do you. 
Neither do you. Hypocrites are welcome. Hypocrites are welcome. And the truth is that there's nobody in this room who isn't one. There's nobody in this room who isn't one. Whatever end of the spectrum you find yourself on, whether you would say that you are totally secular and humanistic, or whether you have followed Jesus since Noah built the ark, we are all inconsistent. We are all inconsistent. I am going to let you down, I know that. But that's the thing, I know that. But here's the difference between somebody who has a faith in Jesus and somebody who doesn't. Jesus' perfection will carry the imperfections that I have. Jesus' perfection will carry the imperfections that I have. So that tension I talked about between perfect um, and hypocrisy, as a Christian, I have this perfect God that says, Jane, you can be such an idiot at times. You can say some stupid things. You can do even stupider stuff. But do you know what? I've paid for all of that. All that stumbling around you do, all that tripping yourself up, all that trying to look better than you are, I've paid for all of that. I've dealt with all of that. Yes, you can be inconsistent, but I've rescued you. How awesome is that? Do you know what? I don't have to try and be better and do better for God because I can never be better enough. And that's releasing to me if I accept it. It is freeing for me because it's by faith and grace in him alone. But my issue is, and your issue will be, that I can forget that. And so what I do is I try and address the inconsistencies in my life or the hypocrisy, whichever lens you're looking at me through, by looking at my behaviours, my actions and my language. And I try my hardest to make them more consistent. I wake up tomorrow and think I'm going to do better today. So if that bad word has slipped out, I'm not going to use that today, you might say. If I've looked at that thing that I shouldn't be looking at, I'm not going to look at that today. I'm going to try my hardest. I'm going to try my best to be more consistent. But you know what? That's never going to work. Because the battle over hypocrisy, the battle over inconsistency doesn't take place externally. It takes place in my heart. It takes place in my heart. And the heart is such a hard place to fight, you know. Because my heart is deceptive. And I'm going to be honest with you now. I don't know what motivates me sometimes. Sometimes I can know that I'm doing something. And I could even be doing something for God. Or doing something that I think God would want me to do. But I'm not quite sure if I'm doing it. Because you're going to like me better when I do it. Or whether God is actually going to be pleased that I'm actually doing it in the first place. I need to check my heart. I need to check my heart motivation because it's not so much what I do that matters it's why I'm doing it and that doesn't matter whether you you're doing something for God or whether it's something in your workplace whether it's something in your family life it's not about what you're doing that matters it's more so about why you're doing it and my journey of looking at this topic really I start out with one question which was Jane, where are you being most a Christian? Whereas the question I should have been asking myself was, where are you being most a hypocrite? Where are you being most inconsistent? Because hypocrisy damages. And there's three things that hypocrisy does. There are three things that inconsistencies do. It poisons us. 
The more we pretend to be what we're not, the easier it is for us to do. Have you noticed that? The more we pretend that we're something we're not, the easier it is for me to do. And the more we do it, the more we pretend, the more we begin to lose our real self. Poisons our relationships with others. Do you remember that book I spoke about, Cicela Bock and her lying? Hypocrisy destroys trust, doesn't it? If you read stuff in the newspaper, promises that are broken, people's lives that are hurt, when trust is gone. We can hide behind many masks, can't we? Masks of intelligence, masks of busyness, masks of ignorance. We can even hide behind the mask of spirituality. And there's a writer called John Ortberg, and uh, he's written loads and loads of books. And he says this about if you wear a mask. He says, if you get really good at figuring out what other people want and then delivering it, you perfect the art of projecting the right kind of image, and you may impress some people, but you won't make any friends. You see, the irony is, we're all drawn to people who don't wear masks. We can't be fully loved until we are fully known. And aren't we draw, drawn to the realness in people? How quickly do we get bored by the superficial? Or disappointed by it? Whose closest friends are superficial people? For us to have real relationship, we need to be real. You know, inconsistency is exhausting, isn't it? And especially when you come to followers of Jesus. Because what an insane pressure to put on yourself. You know, I'm just going to do the things I know that are right, even though I don't have that relationship. How crazy is that? I'm putting all that energy, all that effort into appearing to be something when I could actually have the relationship and actually have the intimacy, actually have the connection that gives me the ability to do that in the first place and do it with effectiveness. And do it with purpose. But listen, Jesus didn't say that if I say bad words or I mess up or even if I watch dodgy stuff online. He didn't say, that's it, Jane. Do you know what? We're, th we're done. We're through. He said, you need to be careful when you're doing it, but you're acting like you're not. He's not upset by the fact that I'm imperfect. He gets upset by the fact that I act like I'm not. And what I really want you to hear this morning is there is true, true hope for the hypocrite. There is true, true hope for all of you in this room this morning. And it's found in that rant of Jesus. Because right in the middle of his 33 verse rant, he says these two verses in verse 25 and 26 that are going to come up on the screen. He says this, woe to you. Teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. There it is. We need to let God do a work on the inside, internally, where nobody sees. 
And do you know what? Isn't God gracious in that? I don't want you to see what's on the inside of my heart sometimes. The things that I think, the things that I feel. But actually the incredible thing is that, that what is being transformed on the inside will then naturally start to flow out of my outside. Not as an act to fool you, because then if I'm fooling you, I'm running the risk of being a full-time professional Christian, but a part-time follower of Christ. And when we start being a professional Christian, that's when we start to poison the things around us. I'm telling you, I've got it all together spiritually and inside I'm a mess. You see, Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy, but unlimited grace for someone in need of forgiveness. You know, he can't stomach the show. But when anyone who's hurting drops that mask, when anybody says, forgive me, or save me, or heal me, or change me, his answer is always a resounding yes. Come on. doesn't matter the state of your heart this morning. It doesn't matter what you were doing last night. It doesn't matter what you're, you're planning to do tomorrow morning. Do you know what? Jesus is ready for that with a resounding yes this morning. But you might be sitting there thinking, well, but what if they know? What if people see the real me? What if they know I've got flaws? What if they know I'm not perfect? Do you know what? Your closest friends probably know that already. I want to tell you something this morning. You've got nothing to fear when you've got nothing to hide. You've got nothing to fear when you've got nothing to hide. When I drop my act, when I come out from whatever mask I'm choosing to wear and start being honest, there's real power in that. I'm only as strong as I'm honest. And if you're not a Christian this morning, it's maybe your first time here, you need to know that we are definitely, definitely not perfect people trying to live a perfect life, pleasing God in a perfect way. We're strugglers, we mess up, we get afraid, we have battles, we are inconsistent. We are inconsistent. I want to do one thing and then do something else. I am a hypocrite. I am inconsistent. But I work with that truth and that truth sets me free. Day by day, moment by moment, experience through experience. So it poisons me, it poisons my relationships with other people, it poisons how I show Jesus to my world. Please don't look at my life and see my inconsistencies and make a decision that Jesus isn't for you based on that. Please don't. Everybody, I don't care where they are in their lives, we're all looking for something to make a difference in our lives, aren't we? All of us are. And I'm sorry that when you've seen me say I'm a Christian and I've lived something to the contrary, it's made you assume that my relationship with God is worthless. I'm sorry for that. 
But do you know what? My appearance, my inconsistency, my hypocrisy does in no way mean that God doesn't work. Do you know what? It shows you that he does because you didn't see me as I was before. And this is one thing that we need to get right, church. And I'm talking to you now if you know you're a Christian. This is one thing we need to get right. We cannot afford to show to the world the appearance of a God that doesn't work. Because we know we live in a world that needs him. So how do we start to deal with our inconsistencies this morning? Just invite the guys to come back. And I'm going to start by saying this. I honestly, truly believe that there's nobody in this room this morning that wants to be a hypocrite. We don't wake up in the morning and think, do you know what? I'm going to be a right on hypocrite today. None of us do that, do we? None of us want to be acting. None of us want to put on a mask. We want connection with people. We want intimacy. We want relationship. And there was uh, a guy in the Old Testament, a guy called King David. Um, you may or may not have heard of him. He wrote a lot of the Psalms that are in the Old Testament part of the Bible. And he said this. In Psalm 139, he said, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. How would we say that in November 2018? Because that's quite old language. How would we say that? Maybe I'd say it's something like this. Would you have a good look in me? Would you shine your light? Would you let me be aware? Would you open those cupboards that I've never looked in for years or the wardrobe I'm trying to keep the door shut on? Would you show me where I'm wearing a mask? Would you show me where I'm wearing a mask and I don't even know it? Would you show me my inconsistencies? Show me where I'm letting that inconsistency get the upper hand. Where I'm being somebody I don't want to be. Where I'm saying things I don't want to say. Would you help me be authentic? Would you help me be real? But also, I think I would say something like, would you be, help me be okay with the fact that I don't get it right all the time and we're going to finish um, with a song and the first line is here's my heart and it's really difficult to give your heart isn't it there has to be a level of trust a level of connection a level of relationship. And if you'd say you weren't a Christian this morning, 
I know that would be a step too far. That's a huge jump. So maybe something for you would be something like, maybe I'm going to come back next week and spend another hour and a half with people who know they're hypocrites, but know they're on a journey. That know they're in a process. That aren't trying to be something that they're not. Are trying to be authentic the best that they can be. And allowing God to show them when they're not. Real relationship requires me to be real. And just as the band start to play, just to spend a moment just thinking about what I've said maybe. Some of it will have been challenging, some of it may have been releasing, some of it may have been freeing, some of it may have been a bit confusing. Maybe it's challenged a few of the perceptions that maybe you've had about what Christians are all about really and what our relationship with God is all about. But I know there's a gap sometimes with what I show and who I am. But I can never close that gap with perfection because I'll never be perfect enough. So just spend a moment and just let maybe God speak to you. Maybe let Jesus start to do something inwardly in you this morning. the mask and just be just be let's stand there's this phrase that we often use about about being the family of God And when I think about family, I think about going home and I think about all that entails. I think about being able to shut the door, kick my shoes off, jump on the sofa, have a comfy blanket, just, and just be. And I want to invite you, if this is your first time here, to check it out again. Because you only really get to know somebody by spending time with them. Why not give this God a chance? What have you got to lose? But I tell you, you have everything to gain. can't close the gap between what I show you and who I am with trying to change something externally I have to let Jesus do that work for me and in me and what would Jesus undo he would absolutely 100% categorically undo hypocrisy and why would he do it because he wants the perfect one who lives in us to over time and over process transformers
so that the truth of who he is and what he can do can purely live through us. Thanks, Vicky.